Good morning. Welcome to Crestview Inspiration, a ministry of encouragement from Crestview Baptist Church in Canton, North Carolina. We want to share with you sweet songs of worship and an uplifting word from the scriptures. While you listen, may the spirit of grace flow from heaven into your heart and home, right where you are. you 
Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Page. I'm the student pastor at Crestview Baptist Church. The next song that we want to share with you is an original song that I wrote called The Hill. The song was recorded by 6-8 Worship at Sky Studios, WNC.
coming very soon. A trumpet's blast will sound and shake the night. And with a mighty shout from the Lion of Judah, we will rise to everlasting life. We will rise to everlasting life. Good morning. I'm so glad to be with you. I want to share with you a message from the Word. I'm going to share 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1 reading, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, Paul writes, he was seen by me, also was by one born out of due time. For I'm the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. I want to share a message called the power of of the resurrection, the resurrection power of Christ is life-changing. And we look in this passage about the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth about the resurrection of Christ. Some did not believe he was resurrected. So he gave strong proof that Jesus was resurrected and is central to the message of the gospel. I'm going to give to you five proofs of the life-changing power of Christ, beginning with the first proof. There's the Old Testament foreshadowing of the resurrection power of Christ. The whole of the Old Testament speaks to the last enemy, which is death. Death originated not when God created in Adam and Eve, but when Adam and Eve sinned against God and ate the fruit that he had forbidden them to eat. Sin brought death, and God said to Adam in Genesis 2, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day... That you eat of it, you shall surely die. Death originated right here in the Garden of Eden. But despite the sin of our primeval parents, God had a plan. Throughout the Old Testament, there are foreshadows of the power of God over death. We see it with uh, the prophet Elijah when he began lodging at the house of a widow in Zarephath, which was a pagan city. Unexpectedly, the woman's son grew sick and finally stopped breathing. She accused Elijah of breathing God's wrath on her for her sin, and carrying the boy up to the upper room where he was staying, the prophet Elijah laid him out on the bed, stretched himself out on the body three times, and he cried out to God for the boy's life to return. And God heard Elijah's prayers. 
The child's life came back, and Elijah carried him upstairs and gave him back to his mother. And the woman declared that Elijah was a prophet, a man of God, and his words to be truth. We see Elijah's successor, Elisha, prayed over another son that died, the Shunammite woman, and he prayed over the child, and, and the child's body grew warm, and then he sneezed seven times and opened his eyes, and Elisha presented the boy back to his mother, and she fell down and bowed at the ground at Elisha's feet. We see the promise of the resurrection of the Messiah in Psalm 16. The Bible says, King David writing, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh shall rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, that's the grave, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The sweet psalmist of Israel writes that death would not overcome the anointed one so that his body would not decay. In essence, God allowed the Holy One to touch death's door but not allow death to win. Death would be overwhelmed with new life through the resurrection of the Holy Anointed One, which we know is Yeshua, the Mashiach, which is Jesus Christ. His path is the path of resurrection from death into eternal life and eternal joy, which is the fulfillment of the total power over death by the Messiah. Prophesied in the Old Testament, we see the second proof. There's the ministry of Jesus displaying the resurrection power of Christ. In the earthly ministry of Jesus, he had complete power over death. He himself raised several people from the dead. The gospel writers record in Luke 7, that at the town gate of the village of Nain, Jesus and his disciples encountered a funeral procession. The only son of a widow was to be buried. When Jesus saw her, his heart went out to her. He touched the casket that held the body, and the pallbearer stopped. When Jesus told the young man to get up, the son sat up and began talking. Raised from the dead, right there in the funeral procession, and the mother was so grateful and all the people praised God and said, A great prophet has appeared among us. In multiple places, Jesus raised the dead. He raised the daughter of Jairus, a 12-year-old uh, who was sick and dying. And she died before Jesus got there. But Jesus walked in the house and said, Do not be afraid, Jairus. Only believe, and your daughter will be healed. When he walked in, the mourners were wailing, the people were grieving. And he made a statement that she's not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at her. And so Jesus went in and went back to the bedroom where the little girl lay. And he took her by the hand and said, Talitha, get up, which means little girl, get up. Her spirit returned. She raised up. And Jesus ordered her parents to give her something to eat, but not to tell anyone what had happened. We see in the Gospel of John, the account of Lazarus, John 11. He had died. He was very near to Jesus. And the sisters of Lazarus were heartbroken. But Jesus uh, told Martha that I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And Jesus spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out of the tomb with the grave cloth still on him. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Jesus demonstrates his power over death. 
in all his ministry, and he has all power over death. And then we see his promise. The third proof is he promised that he was going to die himself and be resurrected. And whenever Jesus makes a promise, he always keeps it. The Lord told the disciples multiple times that he was going to be delivered to the scribes and Pharisees and that he would suffer and be crucified and rise again on the third day. Uh, In Matthew 16, the Bible says he began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me, for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Jesus declared that it was God's will for him to go, and that Satan was even trying to stop that through the apostle Peter. And Jesus said to his disciples in Mark 9, as they pass through Galilee, that the Son of Man is going to be betrayed in the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will raise the third day. But they did not understand this saying, and they were afraid to ask him. He prophesied multiple times to his disciples his death and resurrection. You see, when Jesus makes a promise, he always keeps his promise. And you see, he went up to Jerusalem. He went to the mock trials, five different trials, and and finally caught in a vice, Pilate, declared that he would be crucified. And he was led up to the cross of Calvary up on Golgotha, and there he was nailed. And on then he was placed in the tomb. And on the third day, just like he said, Jesus came out of the grave, accomplishing what we call the fourth proof and the definitive proof. There's an empty tomb right on the outskirts of Jerusalem. I've been to Jerusalem, privileged to go twice, and I, I've been to the place, uh, Gordon's Calvary, where there's a place of the skull, a place where the human skull looks out from the, these caves that are natural on the side of the hill. It's on an old roadway coming out of the city, and it's believed that criminals were crucified here for passerbys to see and take warning. This is the location believed by some to be the place where Jesus was crucified. And just about 100 yards from this place of the skull, there's a garden. And then that garden, there's a an old wine press, and there's a, a, a freshly discovered first-century tomb discovered about a 100 years ago. And this tomb would have belonged to a wealthy citizen of Jerusalem. And some scholars believe that Jesus was buried in this tomb. And I, with my son Mark, stood right there at the mouth of that tomb, and we walked inside that stone tomb that's in the side of the hill and looked in, And there, standing in the tomb at Gordon's Calvary, we saw that it was empty. And it reminds me of the old gospel song about Buddha's tomb. And there's the body laying in Buddha's tomb. And then the songwriter said he went to Muhammad's tomb. And the grave cloths were still on Muhammad. But when he went to Jesus' tomb, it was empty. There was no one there because Jesus was raised from the dead, just like he said. He displayed all power and all authority over death. And we can say Jesus is risen from the dead. And I'm here to declare that that tomb is still empty and Jesus is alive forevermore. Hallelujah. He lives, he lives. 
Christ Jesus lives today. John Stott said this, it is fitting that a supernatural person should enter and leave the earth in a supernatural way. This is in fact what the New Testament teaches and the church believes. His birth was natural, but his conception supernatural. His death was natural, but his resurrection was supernatural. The first man, Adam, brought the curse of sin and death upon us, but the second man, Jesus Christ, has removed the curse of sin and death by paying for the sin of humanity by his blood on the cross and defeating the last enemy of death by his resurrection. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and following says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So, beloved, not only did Christ rise from the dead, but all believers, ourselves included, are going to rise from the dead one day just as he did. All this will be in God's time and order at his return to this earth one day. Jesus himself has proven the resurrection power that he has. He has risen from the dead. Christ has abolished death. Jesus Christ is alive forever and ever. And the author of death, Satan, has been defeated. And one day, along with death itself, will experience utter and complete destruction by the Lord Jesus Christ. This victory of Jesus applies to our lives as a joyful celebration of life. But it's also an austere warning of what happens if we reject Jesus Christ and his mercy at the cross. If we fail to believe, then we're deprived of the benefit of the empty tomb and the power of Christ's resurrection. But if we do exercise saving faith and we do say, Jesus, I believe that you're who you said you are, that you died for my sins on the cross and that you raised from the dead for me that I would not have to fear death. If I would, if you believe, if we believe, then we experience the same power, the same eternal life with Jesus. And my question to you is, do you believe today? Do you believe? And there's a last proof there's, that there's a command to proclaim this resurrection power of Christ. Jesus himself said, go into all the worlds and proclaim the good news. Preach the gospel. The apostle Paul desired not only to know the power of his resurrection, uh, but to know the fellowship is suffering. He desired to proclaim the resurrection of Christ in the preaching of the good news of Jesus. This message of good news centers on the ultimate victory of Christ over death and sin. And that's the message we proclaim. We've been commanded to proclaim it. Matthew 28, 18 says, All authority has been given to me, Jesus speaking, in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We have a command to proclaim this resurrection power. That's the, the fifth proof that we have been commissioned with that declaration and that task. From an old clipping, true story, there's, here's the way the news of the victory of Waterloo arrived in England. Years ago, there were no telegrams, there were no telephones, there, were no, there was no internet, and it was the days of Napoleon. And everybody knew that Wellington was facing the great Emperor Napoleon in a, in a tremendous battle, 
and the future of England was at great uncertainty. There was a sailing ship, semaphored, which means a signaled with coded flags, the news to the signal man on top of Winchester Cathedral. He signaled to another man on a hill, and thus news of the battle was relayed by semaphore, by coded flags, from station to station to London and all across the land. When the ship came in, the signalman on board semaphored the first word, Wellington. The next word was defeated, and then the fog came down, and the ship could not be seen. The message, Wellington defeated, went across all England, and a great depression and gloom fell across the country of England. After two or three hours, however, the fog lifted and the signal came again. Wellington defeated the enemy. Then all England rejoiced. There was a day 2,000 years ago when they put the body of the crucified Lord in that old tomb and the message appeared to all humanity as Christ defeated. But three days later, the fog lifted and after those three days, the message now comes through loud and clear. Christ defeated the enemy. This day has become the most powerful day in human history, Resurrection Day, Victory Day. What a powerful Savior we serve. My question to you is, do you know the power of the risen Christ, and do you have a personal relationship with Him? You can, beloved, if you come by faith and repent of your sins. Come to Christ this Easter week. He's done it for you. Surrender to the power of God and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Believe in His blood and His victory, and you can have life everlasting. I send my love to you, beloved, and I pray God will bless you immensely. Thank you for listening to Crestview Inspiration. May this ministry touch your heart, encourage you, and strengthen you. And may the Lord bless you in your spiritual walk this week. So on behalf of the Crestview family, we invite you back next week, Friday at 10 a.m. on WPTL as we spread the good news of Jesus.